All things mattress. Fam.news. It is the Dos Marcos Show, and today we're talking about five techniques and strategies to help your team adjust to price increases and thrive. The Dos Marcos Show begins in 60 seconds. Driven entrepreneurs, listen up. It's time to team up with Nationwide Marketing Group, North America's most successful network of independent retailers. You'll gain access to programs and services that level the playing field between you and the national chains. Industry-leading digital marketing, increased buying power, exclusive networking events, and of course, their awesome learning platform. Nationwide Marketing Group is the business partner that helps you get results and stay ahead of the competition. Take the first step today and visit nationwidegroup.org. Do you want more sales in three easy clicks? Yeah. It starts right now at doorcounts.com. With a completely redesigned user interface, gathering data has never been easier. Click number one, your salespeople connect with the customer as they walk through the door. Click two is the outcome. Click three, key performance metrics right there on your phone from anywhere at any time. Now your salespeople can spend their time selling and DoorCounts is going to gather the data you need to make your business better. Start right now at DoorCounts.com. Welcome to the Dos Marco Show with Mark Kinsley and Mark Quinn, where mattress and furniture leaders gather to grow, get the inside scoop, tell stories, and take tequila shots. Welcome aboard. Here's your passport to a planet filled with the mattress industry's brightest minds and biggest ideas. Meet your guides. I'm Mark Kinsley, president and CEO of Englander. And I'm Mark Quinn, co-founder of Spink & Co. and VP of Sherwood Betting. Together, they are Dos Marcos. The galaxy's greatest mattress podcast has liftoff in three, two, one. How you doing? Looking Kingsley? good in that hat, man. I love that fam.news hat. You like that? You know Where'd where you I get got that? It? From our friends at Colonial. <laughs> Thank you, Wes. Thank you, Tim. Thank it's you, Christy. True. Thank you, team. <clears throat> we uh, we actually had them made up and we gave them out at the nation. That's right. And it was really funny, actually, about this hat because I saw this older guy, like 75 years old, walking around the show floor and he's wearing our fam, our fam hat. So I went over there and I asked if I could get my picture taken with him. And he was like, uh, why do you want to get your picture taken? I said, because that's us. That's your hat. He's like, oh, sure. So someone just gave him the hat. I Did think. you give Scott anyway, Thompson one of these hats? You can get them all at Colonial. Did you give Scott Thompson, Thompson one of these hats? I did, you know, I, I, met, so yeah, so per our conversation before we got on the show, I met Scott Thompson, CEO of Tempur-Pedic, and uh, I thought that was pretty cool. I had never actually met him before, but he's a freaking gunslinger, and uh, he's 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 getting it done. TSI is doing really well, and so we were shooting a Sherwood video, a new company video. So I asked him if he would get involved and like come and do a, a walk-in talk interview and talk about Sherwood and why Tempur-Pedic bought Sherwood and all that cool stuff. And he was awesome. He was a really nice guy and we had a good time. And uh, yeah, I don't know. He's, uh, he's, he's uh, becoming legendary inside the category already. Yeah. Tempur-Pedic uh, saw some of the analyst projections for their stocks, you know, heading into the fourth quarter and early 2022 and projections are, are trending positive. So well done to Scott and the team. And 
to the whole crew at Sherwood, of course. Sherwood now a, a TSI uh, company, a part of the TSI family. And um, that's, that's got to be pretty cool for you. So it, no, it's fantastic. And the TSI team, I was actually on a phone call yesterday um, with some guys, and they're just really cool, man. Um, but anyway, so Eric DeGeneres, who I was talking to, he's he's good, good guy on the East Coast. Anyway, um, so I was talking to Scott, so we were doing this walk and talk, and so I'd ask him all these questions, like, why did Tempur-Pedic buy Sherwood? And, you know, why did you leave the culture in place and all these things? So we were getting to the end of the interview. And so I said at the very end, I said, Scott, I got one more question. I go, is it true that a good mattress can deliver a better sexual experience? And so, of course, we're not going to use that in the video, but I just I wanted to hit him with it to see what kind of reaction I would get in the moment. You know, would it be funny? And he did not skip a beat. He was like, you know, so he answered it and he was like, I don't think that's positive. You know, he was just kind of joking around. But anyway, I thought it was really funny. Great sense of humor. He likes to joke around and stuff. So anyway, had a great time with Scott. Scott, thanks again for being part of that video. Very, very cool. But anyway. Well, thanks to to the to the ideas that have been flowing our way also for how to deal with these price increases with your retail team. And here's the distinction that we want to draw today as we talk about uh, the selling process. Because when a consumer comes into the marketplace, they generally have no idea how much a mattress should cost. But we've been hearing from people that their teams, their retail sales associates, are having a hard time figuring out if I've got a $599 mattress that's now costing $799, they mentally know they have to cross that hurdle and they're having a hard time jumping it without tripping. So how do you get your team to a place where $599 is now $799, $799 is now $999? They're the ones that are facing these internal hiccups, whereas the consumer doesn't really know what the price of that mattress should be. So we have five ideas for you to implement. And the first one is read Jeff Shire's article on fam.news. I've got my Beducation shirt on right now. Jeff wrote a piece that's been one of our most popular articles. You can listen to it as well because on fam.news, every article has a complimentary audio story. But the title of the article, and we'll link to this in the show notes, is how to explain price increases to mattress customers. And Jeff does a great job outlining how you can explain price increases to the average person and making make it meaningful. And when you do that, you're showing that you have knowledge and expertise about your category. And you're not just blowing smoke, you're actually giving them sub substantive details about what's happening in our industry and you're going to be that source of information, and that's going to help with their confidence in shopping with you. But definitely read or listen to this article, How to Explain Price Increases to Customers by Jeff Shire, the beducator himself, and it's up on fam.news right now. That's number one. You know, Mark, a question for you. Do you think, and I think that there is some of that that's required because consumers come in, the ones that are in the know, right? And they're probably aware. I mean, everything is more expensive. So I'm sure that a normal question would be, hey, so what's happening in the mattress industry as you're going shopping for a mattress? But do you think that the price increases are more of an issue for the consumer? Or do you think the price increases might be a bigger challenge for the people in the category, like the retail sales associates? That, 
I think is the, the real issue is the retail sales associate and the people in the category. I think consumers across the board, they're going to buy milk and bread and they're paying six, 8% more. They know the price of goods has gone up. And whenever you buy a mattress so infrequently, it's not, you know, consumable. You're not buying it every day. You don't know how much it's supposed to cost. And if you have a problem and look, we, we talk about this all the time. Sleep is owned by problems. Problems own sleep. So if they have a problem they're trying to solve, whether it's a bad mattress and their back hurts or they're refreshing their bedroom, they're coming in and they want to solve that problem. They're not coming in thinking, um, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure this mattress should cost $200 less than what it costs. So I think it's for people in the category. And look, we know there are labor issues as well. So um, maybe use, this is kind of a little land yap idea, but maybe use your new talent as a way to drag your existing talent along because that new retail sales associate that's coming in and selling with you, they don't know how much these items are supposed to cost anyway. So when they train on this, they're going to have fresh eyes and they're not going to have all that baggage of the previous price hanging over their head when they talk to a consumer when they come in. Absolutely true. <clears throat> and I think that helping the consumer in their journey is always going to pay out in a big way for them. You know, another one, Kinsley, number two, a, a way to deal with a price increase is product development, right? And so a lot of times manufacturers have to pass along a price increase. They might be able to redesign the bed. They might be able to put a new fabric on top, a new tick that has a lower cost. They may be able to cut cost on a, a you know, instead of doing a metal corner guard on the box spring, a plastic corner guard on the box spring, so it's really some cost engineering that always kind of happens at this time because the manufacturer doesn't want to pass on an increase and they don't want to take that same bed, same profile and increase the price because it can dampen sales. So anyway, product development is always a, a good, clever way to do that. Yeah, and I, I, I hadn't really thought about it from that angle for the purpose of this show, but you're right. I mean, there's value engineering that can happen to existing models. So if you're working with a manufacturer... Uh, for example, and you, you like the guts of that bed and you like the feel and your people like selling it, you know, just a, a reskinning of that sometimes can help because your people aren't going to look at that bed in the same way. And if you add some sort of feature to the cover, for example, now you've got a cooling story or uh, maybe you have, you know, copper infused latex, copper infused memory foam for the anti-inflammatory properties of copper, like just some one small thing sometimes to that existing mattress to give it more story can help. And look, Product development and new product hasn't been a major part of the conversation in the industry lately because people just want to get the goods. Hey, get, I'm a retailer. Do you have something in stock I can sell? Great. That's what I want. I think that's going to start to evolve a little bit. We're heading up toward ISPA Expo in March. And for people in the manufacturing and supply side, this is a Super Bowl for us, right? It's a big deal because that's where all of the component suppliers and people that serve on the supply side, manufacturers go to look at product innovation and product development. And so as retailers and retail sales associates and retail managers think about, hey, how can I get my people to understand these price increases? Sometimes the easiest way to do it is change out that slot and reslot it with a new product that has a little bit more story or looks different so people aren't stuck in that old pattern and the old way of thinking because right here, that's our two ninety nine spot. We've been selling that, you know, vertical unit for the past ten years, and I'm not going to change it out. You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to shuffle it up. 
And I think product development, product innovation is going to start to uh, snowball in a positive way. We've already talked to Ryan Trainer and Mary Helen from ISPA. They said the expo is filling up. We're going to be there. And, and I think we're going to see, hopefully, companies that have had the time, because we all got the gift of time at certain points along this path. And maybe that time was given because you're not traveling as much. And your product development, your innovation team wasn't traveling as much, had a chance to put your head together. So I'm really excited to see what happens on the innovation side of things. And that's, a, that's number two on our list. And take us into number three. Number three, training, 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 right? And so, Kinsley, when I first got out of college, I traveled every seven weeks to a different city. And um, we did training sessions with all kinds of companies. Fork, anyone that sold anything, caskets, forklifts, cars, insurance. And we would go in and I would first meet with their sales manager and say, you know, what, what's the biggest issue inside your industry today? And what are the objections that your sales guys are facing I can't tell you how often price was one of the biggest concerns. And even though that's true for so many different industries, I think it's also one of the easiest to overcome. And I heard a guy one time say, um, that it, whenever I hear a price objection, I never let it bother me or rattle me. Like the weaker salespeople always have the, the, the tougher time dealing with prices and objection. The veterans, this is one of the things he said, Mrs. Smith, the price is the price for a very good reason, would you like to know hmm. why, right? And the other part of it was connecting quality to the price. So never ever talk about price. We have something cheaper, we have something less expensive. It's always a quality conversation. So we have that bed. If you want something for a little bit less quality, I have that for you also, and it's over here, right? So there is a direct correlation between price and quality. And so, but, on the training side, as it relates to this issue, the other part of it is, you know, when someone is telling you that it's too expensive, what they're really saying to you is that they don't perceive the value to be greater than the price that you're asking, right? And so now I think more than ever, sales managers out there are going to have to refocus people and say, guys, yes, the price has gone up, but the, the good news is, I guess it's good news is, it's, it's relative across the market. Because every store in our market is getting the same increase, right? So I've talked to retailers and they're kind of worried about, oh my gosh, I'm going to get this price increase. I'm not going to be competitive. I'm like, don't worry about being competitive because everybody is getting the same increase. In certain times in my career, maybe a price increase went out and it didn't necessarily get applied to everyone. But I can assure everyone listening to this that everyone's getting the increases right now. So anyway, I think it, it requires time, focus, and attention from the sales manager to acknowledge that price could be an issue. They understand that the increases have been coming fast and furious and then how to help their team really overcome that in the selling yeah, process. Yeah, so I think to put a, put a bow on number three, uh, absent of value, people make decisions on price. So how are you building value in everything you have? And you just pointed out some really great correlations between price and quality and making sure that your people are adept at anchoring the consumer and the idea that price and quality hold hands and you can explain your step-up stories and you can build value in those step-up stories and you've merchandised your floor in such a way that it's easy to see that step and those tiers. And so how are you building value in everything that you do? 
how are you building value in the intangibles of what it means to shop in a store? Um, when I say intangible, it is tangible. I mean, we have financing. We have uh, the sleep ecosystem that we offer, the adjustable bases and everything that you want for that great sleep experience. We have delivery. We have takeaway. We have a guarantee. We have people here you can talk to. So all of those things that you need to be build, building value in, if you don't build value in them, don't expect the consumer to know. And I think this is why people like Dr. V with Miskelly's are so big on making sure you have a process and you follow it every time. Because if you're good as a salesperson, you can kind of predict some things and then you start skipping over the process. But this is the only time somebody's shopping for a mattress in a long time. Don't deny them the opportunity to see the value in what you do and build value in everything you do. Otherwise, people are going to make decisions on price. You know, it's funny you bring up Dr. V. Um, he's kind of like our Yoda, mm -hmm. isn't he? Like we're reading, Mark and I are reading a book, Building a Story Brand. And uh, Tom Murray turned me on to a chief marketing officer for Tempur-Pedic. We're going to have him on the show very soon. But you and I have become big enthusiasts for this book. And in the book, he talks about being a guide. And so he talks about Star Wars in there. But you brought up Dr. V. One of the other reasons that his approach works is because he's so passionate about the category, Mark, right? So when people come into his department, when they come in to shop for a mattress, they learn very quickly. They're not there to buy a mattress. They're there to buy a piece of furniture for their home that's going to change their life. And when you frame the purchase in that context, then price is definitely less relevant than for someone who's just coming in to do or to make a grudge purchase on something they didn't want to buy in the first place. And they do a terrific job of framing that differently. So thank you, Master Yoda, Dr. V, for uh, bringing some light to that again. And one, once again, inspiring Mark and I on the show. But Kinsley, number four, well, number four we talked we, about we is... kind of mixed up our order here a little bit, but number four is really being intentional with your training. So it's a very simple thing here, but we talked about building value in everything you do, but be intentional when, again, if you have a 599 mattress that now costs 799, you need to be intentional about getting your team together and ensuring that you're all singing from the same hymnal because you can't just assume, but by saying at one time that, Hey, this is now more expensive. You, you need to sell it, that they're going to understand why it's more expensive, how to sell it differently. If prices on your floor haven't increased at the same percentage, then the, the, the mixture is off, the flow is off. So be intentional about getting together with your team and just having that meeting. And training is not something that happens one time. Training is something that's ongoing. So make sure that you have this as part of your agenda, explaining price increases, helping them know how to handle objections, helping them understand what's happening on your floor, and then keep doing that. Keep training on that. It's very important. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Mark. And, you know, repetition is... The mother of learning? Thank, thank you. Well You said done. that to me a lot. So repetition I, so is the mother of learning. You said it to me many times. See, well, because I, I repeat it to you all the time. And there's things that you, you always bring up for me, and I, I, I remember them, thank goodness, because there's um, some clever adages there. But anyway, it is a mother of learning. So when you maybe haven't done training by SKU and you show step-up stories, maybe dust some of that training back off. Uh, when you talk about um, how to uh, you know not 
hit them with a, a you know, like a, an add-on sale at the very end. You incorporate that at, at, at the beginning. So it's not a surprise to them or whatever. So dust off some of those old things that you've been doing and incorporate it. By the way, a really quick, fun training thing to do if you're out there um, listening to this in your sales manager, take a $20 bill and um, a $1 bill and give the $1 bill or the $20 bill to the retail salesperson, bring up someone in your, in your department. And then you have the $1 bill and say, I want to sell you this $1 bill to the, the sales associate. And so it's a great $1 bill. It's very crisp. It looks like it was printed in uh, 2017. So it's fairly new. And all it's going to cost you is the $20 bill you have in your hand. And then you ask the salesperson that as a $20 bill, you say, would you be willing to trade me for those $20? Bill? I'll give you the one. You give me the 20. They're like, hell no, I'm not giving you my 20 for a one. Okay. Then you reverse it, right? You give them the one, you take the 20, you do the same thing. You build value in the note itself. And you say it's printed recently, blah, blah, blah. And all this $20 bill is going to cost you is $1. Would you be willing to pay for it? And they go, hell yes, give me that. So you give them the 20, have them sit down. The, the example costs you 20 bucks. You could do it with a five, I suppose. But anyway, the whole point of it is selling is really that simple, Mark. It just is. It is if they don't see the value, if it's not that clear that there's a $19 advantage to making that trade, then they're never going to buy. So it's training and building value. We're mixing three and four all together. So it's good stuff. But you have one of my favorites. So let's tease this one out. And it's called the Scrabble technique. Talk about Explain mixing it one. together. This is my strategy sometimes in Scrabble. Whenever I've got all my tiles and I get stuck and I can't make a word, I will put them face down in front of me on the table. I will mix them together. I'll put the tiles back on the tray in a new and random order. And suddenly I see things differently. I force myself to see things differently and I'm able to make words. It works for me very consistently. And so if people are seeing your sales floor in the same way over and over and over again, what if you used the Scrabble tile mix up technique and just changed around your floor. I know for people that run multiple stores, this could be highly impractical, but think about the principle involved here. Mm -hmm. The principle is how do we force ourselves to see our business differently? Maybe it's some sort of physical change that you're making in your environment, in your retail store. Maybe you are taking one store and you're truly shuffling those Scrabble tiles around and putting them back and just seeing how your team might react to that as an experiment. Maybe you do it um, in a warehouse you know, a space where you can put together a showroom floor that's different. But think about how you can for absolutely force your team. Like you're getting hit across the face with an oar and you're falling out of the boat and you're in the water. Like you're, <laughs> you gotta like sometimes really hit people hard and unexpectedly to get the brain out of these paradigms because we get stuck in these ruts. And when you do that, sometimes shuffling those Scrabble tiles is a good way just to force yourself to see things differently. What's wrong with you? Why are you have to inspire violence? You're talking about hitting people in the face with a, a oar for a boat. Who does we, that? We, we do that. We do that. I, you not, you and I are now going to. <laughs> Couldn't you said pillow? Couldn't you said like hit him in the pillow, hit him in the face have you with ever a pillow? Like, wasn't going to cause, like leave a mark? Have you ever gotten hit with an oar? <laughs> not ever. And by the way, who the hell plays Scrabble anyway? I'd like to know that. Quinn, like you, the, uh, it was you, called you, COVID you, shutdowns. It was called lock-in. 
How did you not play Scrabble? Dude, let me just tell you, there's a lot of, like, we need to update your board game library. I even right, got a Lazy Susan. Going back to your I got Scrabble a Lazy technique. Susan dedicated to Scrabble. Now, we do use it in our kitchen for, like, salt and olive oil and, like, little <laughs> plants and stuff like that. But then I scrape that thing off, bring it over to, over to the dining room table, and the Scrabble board turns, and it's very convenient. I love Scrabble. God, that is, I can't believe you're admitting it, number one. Proud of Number it. two, I have never one time played Scrabble. You never ever. have? So oh, I think you, I, I honestly don't, What? it might be because I can't spell, so maybe it's not my best game. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. You teed me up, though. But, <laughs> thank God for Alexis. Uh, I don't need you. Never mind. Um, and so, Kinsley, back to your Scrabble thing, though. I don't want to um, leave that point in it. Uh, I, but I did want to make fun of you. Um, so the Scrabble technique, if you think about it, um, you can arrange a floor a lot of different ways, right? You can arrange a floor by brand. You can arrange a floor by comfort level. I've seen that done where you have all the plushes and the pillow tops in a space. You can arrange the floor in by price point. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. And you may be hell bent on the way you do it but man i really like what you're saying just mix it up a little bit you never know what you might see you never know what you might discover you never know if doing that might like literally take the focus off of price a little bit just by the way that you arrange it and the experience the consumer goes through so i think it's great i think it's uh in yeah to your point i mean you got 10 stores you know just try a store <laughs> but uh you know the other part of that is get your retail salespeople. Uh, to throw in some ideas around that and and maybe make them part of the process and have a little bit of fun with that. I like that. I think my camera went off for people that are watching, uh, but that's okay. You can take that's us okay. out. I mean, we we, we wrapped like. up the show too, and we, we, we made it all the like. way. And I think we should roll out on this. Uh, I'm not even really going to do much of a setup, uh, but we we had a moment this past summer where I, I gave you a gift and I just wanted to send a shout out and a thank you to Jose Lopez uh, an amazing person who's worked in the mattress industry a long time, and he's no longer in the industry. But this is our moment we shared this past summer, and it was so much fun. And hey, be sure to subscribe on uh, fam.news. Become a member. You get the audiobook for free. You also get our 2021 Mattress Buyers Research, which uh, has been a hot, hot topic on the site. So dig in and find out what you don't know. And uh, subscribe on iTunes and be, be sure to subscribe on your podcast apps and leave us a review because like you said, Quinn, we're going to have Tom Murray, who's the CMO of Tempur-Pedic, and you don't want to miss that interview. No, you don't. And um, guys, tell someone about the show, not just subscribe. Don't just leave us a review. Please share it with someone because there's some really good stuff. And Mark and I were talking just the other day. This is an idea place. It's an idea factory. It's not just our ideas. We're taking ideas that we hear from all of you. And we're in a unique position to be that campfire that you can come around. And so please uh, share it with someone else that may benefit them. And Mr. Lopez and your son, both, we're very grateful. What you did was very cool and we love it. And thank you and can't wait. So check it out right here. So I have a gift for you today. For me? Yeah, for wow. you. And I brought nothing for you. Well, uh, you made it feel like soup outside. 
and we are recording. That's that's a gift that keeps on giving in the form oh. of dripping sweat. There Thank you. you. There you go. Thank you. Am I shiny? Yeah, you're Am all right. Shiny? Now. You're all right now. Okay, so here's the backstory on this. Mm. So my buddy Jose Lopez worked for Englander out of our Oklahoma City factory okay. for 12 years, and he would send me pictures. This is how we got to know each other on LinkedIn of his tape edge work. And anybody that knows mattresses and knows the mattress business understands the craftsmanship that goes into that piece of the process. You know, a good tape edge operator can stop that machine 20, 30 times oh, yeah. just while they're finishing up the tape edge on a mattress. And so he would send me this beautiful work he was doing for our brand. And I just loved seeing somebody that took su such pride in his work. So you got me some tape edge. So I got you a basket full of tape edge. I'm so no. excited. So sadly and uh, happily, Jose left the factory and started his own gig. <laughs> and so he started making something that is one of a kind, completely custom, nothing like it anywhere in the world. And he asked me if I wanted one of these objects made. And I said, I know just the guy I want this made for. Okay. So now I'm a little worried. Why don't you close your eyes? Uh, really? Okay. Hold on. No, no, here. Okay. I'm closing them. No, I'll just put it on your lap. Are you sure? Yeah, I'll put it on your lap. Easy. Watch the hands. Okay. Wow, look at this bag. It's so it's not Bath and Body Works, but so you ready? Just open it up. Yeah. So make sure you know for you can peel some of this off and okay. pull it off. Here we go. Here. Oh, look at that. What? No way. Uh -oh. <laughs> so, oh my goodness. Look at that. Look at this artwork. So we'll, we'll back it up here a little bit. So put it right there in front of us if you want. We can describe it a little bit. So you'll notice on the back here, and we'll, we'll show you in a minute. But lift it up. Jose signed it because he made this beautiful one-of-a-kind cross with his son and so there's a picture of him and his son on the back and there's a beautiful rose that says lopez and thank you so i said hey quinn collects crosses mm. and if you're making a cross i want it for him and I... so he took all this turn around and look at it that is so cool and look at the back too i want to make sure they see his hold on a second his stuff on the and it lights up. So you see that? And you can turn around and show him the, that it so lights up cool. on the front. I just flipped on the lights. He, he Here's how thoughtful he is. He Look even included that. batteries so you never run out, the exact batteries you need. Well, you tell them, uh, Mr. Lopez, uh, from the bottom of my heart, how cool is that? Well done. Great skill, obviously. They've got both of us in a window there. Oh my gosh, look at that. The detail here is insane. Since he did so much work for Englander, he put Englander beds in wow, there. Yeah, of course. Our picture, you have the whole fam down here hanging I from one it. of the, the bed loops. And, and here's what I loved about this. You'll notice on the front, it says blessed. And I said, Jose, why did you put blessed on the cross? My, my first thought was in the Christian faith, you know, we feel blessed. Mm. But he goes, and that was part of it for sure. But he said, I felt blessed to be in the mattress industry mm. during the COVID crisis because I still had work. 
And there were a lot of people who didn't in our industry was able to thrive. He goes, so that's why I put blessed on the front of the cross. You know, that that's amazing. And we know that gratitude is a sign of joy and happiness in your life. So I love it for that reason too. And we're blessed. We're blessed to get to do what we do. Blessed to have friends like this that do what they do. So Mr. Lopez, so, so many thanks to you. Uh, very cool. Love your talent. Uh, wish you were back in the mattress business, but glad you're pursuing other things. But that was awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Jose. Thank you for listening to me. And thank you. I, man. Thank you. Yeah. That was awesome. I love that. It'll go with my collection of crucifixes for sure. Well, thank you, Jose. And hey, definitely check him out. I mean, I think he's on Instagram. We can link up to you and uh, get you some of that one of a kind artwork. Beautifully done. I love it.